Hi everybody, it's Trish Rubin. Welcome to Blur and Blend Marketing. Today it's just me on my own. I'm doing a, a reflective podcast and it's a hot summer day. Hard to get to people. Lots of vacationers here and even in Europe. And so spend a little time with me. I'm getting ready for my trip to Europe. I'm going to be in France from September 5th to October 5th. I'll still be working with my clients here, even though I'm going to be serving clients in Europe. Uh, I'm really looking forward to working with new clients. And part of what I'm going to do while I'm over there is talk about something called the four C's of marketing. It's something that I bring into my own work, my own business as I pitch. It's something that I use when I get a client. And even though it's not a model that I've developed for myself, I found it really useful for teaching. So today, I wanted to dedicate this time to talk to you about the four C's of marketing and why those four C's can help you navigate through the blur and help you blend to your success in marketing in whatever way you need. The podcast is about knowing the four C's and why they're good for cutting through the blur and the noise of branding today. So class is in session. I actually may wind up assigning this podcast. So if you're one of my students and it's September and you're listening in, so glad that I'm meeting you. And I hope you enjoy this session. Jez Frampton. Who is he? When I first heard about Jez Frampton, I knew he was a visionary in branding. I followed him. He was uh, the head of branding. Interbrand. Yeah. The head of branding for Interbrand. So... I looked in on him, I used him in my teaching, and I responsibly stalked him, as I say, <laughs> on LinkedIn. I did actually get his attention because I saw him do a keynote in Shanghai. No, I wasn't in Shanghai, although I've been there. Oh, wait a minute. I'm wrong. It was Hong Kong. I've been to Shanghai, not Hong Kong. I wish I could have been there to hear Jez's presentation. He advanced a model. And not the four P's, which most of us who are marketers know, and the tradition of that, of course we know, has been rocked. He talked about four C's. In this lovely, short, 15-minute keynote, he introduced a model to marketers, hundreds and hundreds of marketers and people interested in brand in Hong Kong at the RISE conference big industry event. I get to watch it from my computer and so do my students. <laughs> and if you haven't seen him speak at RISE Shanghai on Four Seas, you can Google that up. No problem. He's a great speaker, very charming. And he advanced this idea of in a world with a lot of noise, how do we break through? Just like my podcast encourages you to think about ways that you can break through, that you can move through the fog. So he advanced through sort of a roadmap for himself and for his clients, and he was delivering this 
as a sermon to the faithful. Please know the four C's. Here they are. First C, context. The second C, customers. The third C, competition. The fourth C, capabilities. Yes, four C's. Simple, helps you to kind of navigate quickly, get an understanding of something as big as marketing, helps you into conversations, helps you to envision, helps you to be creative, helps you to manage, helps you to collaborate. These are very powerful concepts. And I'll present them to you just in a discussion about what I see happening today in August around these four C's. I spent the morning preparing for lectures. So I am headed for France where I will use the four C's in two lectures on experiential marketing and one three credit course in brand management and then one day intensive seminar on communication in the luxury brand field. Those four C's can guide me in each of those different courses. And when I put a course together now, I hook to that and the first thing I look at is knowing the value of this lies in the first C of context. What is happening? What's going on in the world? And not just in your silo of your industry sector. What's happening out there on the edges? Be the edge dweller and understand what the context is when you are either working with a brand, launching a brand, learning about how to brand or how to manage brands, trending and trend analysis rules, (laughs) knowing what goes on and connecting those dots and seeing relationships and what's happening in the world helps you to be a better marketer. When I even think of advancing my own personal brand, and I would encourage you to do the same thing, I think of the four C's, my context, what's going on in the world around me, my customers, whose attention am I trying to get, the competition, who is out there that I need to compete with or work with, and not just compete with, but connect with, and then the capability, what will come next for me? When I'm out on the edge being the edge dweller, what's coming? And things are coming really quickly down the pike to us. So this little model can actually help you as you develop a personal brand as well. Four C's. Context. Customers. Competition. capacity. So digging into context just in this day, I've been looking across verticals. I've been listening to marketing podcasts. 
I really like to uh, tune into podcasts like uh, Marketer and Machine. I love the the Cantar podcasts. And all of them are talking to marketers about personalization. Of course. And in a mass scale of personalization that then gets targeted down and as a result of the democratization of having our customers engage with us, we have to understand this data that's out there in the context and not just in our sector, cross sectors in many different areas that influence the way people think and behave. So just as an example, I've been really interested in McDonald's. McDonald's is going through a badge refresh, an identity refresh that is really coming from this legacy brand that has been around for many, many, many decades and in 120 countries and it crosses culture. McDonald's doesn't sleep with its brand, of course. It understands that the badge system, that identity of the company has to change, has to look fresh, and has to match with the way people behave. So if you're interested in learning what they're doing, I'd Google down and see if you can see what that identity is looking like. It's actually changing in the color that it's leading with. McDonald's always sort of led with this um, kind of beautiful red and, and gold, you know. But now they're really kind of going with just the, the brightness of the gold, you know, the happiness of the gold, and maybe pushing back on the red to not be so noisy and so, you know, in your face to people. They're also using a lot of neuromarketing to understand how they present that badge, that identity, the graphics, the way people see their uh, advertisements, even the uh, advertisements OOH, right? The, the outdoor, out of the home. How will they look? How will they be different? And a lot of it will be without a word mark for the brand. You know, even a part of the arches. They don't even need the golden arches. They need a part of it, a slice of it. Really interesting stuff. So figuring out, as I mentioned, across the context, we're talking about graphics, we're talking about neuroscience, we're talking about behavior, <laughs> we're talking about data. So all of these things brew up in today's world and they challenge a marketer to understand what's going on. That's the first C. A second C, customers. You know, consumers, customers. Whose attention are we trying to get? Can't get everyone's attention if you're a marketer. Not possible, and you don't need everyone's attention. You have to figure out whose attention is, is worth fighting for and then going after it. I like the H2H way of looking at customers as humans. Brian Kramer's work is so good in that vein and 
helps marketers look more interested in not just selling a product and service that they're really trying their best to as Seth Godin says make people better versions of themselves by having a service or product a relationship with that service or product recently I'm thinking of Apple and what's happening with them hearing a lot more about how the iPhones are not going to be their 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 lead um, hardware. And in fact, they've they've lost uh, market share. It doesn't really matter. I think 900 million people are still buying the iPhone. But with consumers understanding them now, might be holding on to them through services and not through hardware. When you think about it, when the smartphone was launched in 2007. It was really a big deal but the newer versions basically they get tweaked so do people really want to have a new phone every six months not really now and uh, so I think there's things going on out there in other verticals that are influencing Apple to to think about um, customer obsession is kind of what they think about and their model is actually I've learned you know you build a moat around the people who are your loyal humans and you keep that moat around them and give them what they want and apparently Apple's shifting the way IBM once did a long time ago into the services that are associated with hardware not the hardware itself but what can they deliver to you through those pieces they want their humans to be happy. Mass personalization. Let's talk about that in class, right? <laughs> Data. Let's move to the competition. So how, once we are putting ourselves out there to engage with clients and engage with audiences and customers, yeah, how do we get this attention and then know we've got the attention and then being democratized that we can get some data so we understand what that attention is wanting of us as a brand. How are we going to differentiate ourselves? And that's a big question because it starts with the brand understanding who it is, its essence, its personality, right? Who is that brand? So it's, it has to make itself so different from the competition. Recently, I heard the head of Bacardi uh, talking about uh, the, the two top liquors that uh, Bacardi is involved with, the Patron Tequila and Grey Goose. And so in the conversation of listening to the head of, of marketing and uh even just knowing that there are 1,200 tequilas out there, talk about competition. 1,200 tequilas. What does Patron have? Why were they so happy that you know they've had that brand with them? That Patron has that legacy, the bespoke story, the personality of its high-end story of 
how each of those uh, bottles are signed and crafted. You know, this is just personalization in ways that people want. So they're building that moat around their loyal people. And the competition is going to have a hard time telling a story that can beat the story of Patron. So knowing those things about your customers, that they want to be part of a story, that is a story that they identify with, not just the badge of that pretty bottle, but beyond it, it's very exciting to think about that competition that our brands are facing today. And what's next? Okay, your capabilities, the capacity to, to be on the edge and, and look and see what's next. Fast pace to the future. I get so excited when I teach my class because I know on the last day we uh, work on a project and I get to see my students approach these four C's and they're living the capabilities because part of the assignment is tell us what's coming next. If you are pitching to us your service, if you're an agency and you're pitching what you can do, we want to know what you see coming next and why you feel that the next big thing should be the thing that we're involved in. So anything, mixed media, AI, VR, Internet of Things, IoT, right? So much. I mentioned the out-of-home experience, the smart home experience. So everything that can be linked will be linked in your home, in your work experience, so that you can have a more efficient, more pleasurable day from the minute you open your eyes to getting into bed again in the evening feeling that you've had a seamless experience all day with the hundreds of brands that you are connected with. Something that caught my eye today as I prepared to talk to you is, of course, I was excited, a story of an amazing Frenchman. And he has used his hoverboard to fly 22 miles, 22 miles, right, across the English Channel. And it's a remarkable, remarkable thing. I, it brought me back to the movie, Back to the Future, where <laughs> you see the hoverboards are out there, and uh, we are now, you know, approaching 2020, and this guy, Frankie, he's, he's doing it. And he's actually, his uh, capability is, he's already fighting off, you know, military contractors who want... A piece of this but how exciting 60 to 6200 feet above the English Channel refueling once on his own looking like yes uh, no, I don't know if you know evil Knievel but some people might evil Knievel with his helmet and his black outfit look what's coming capabilities it's an exciting world and in this podcast, we talk about the noise, and yeah, it's noisy out there. What I like about the noise is that it brings so much creativity, and you can access mindfulness in it if you've got something to share, and, and you can find people to collaborate with in the blur, and 
and you can lead into it. So I'm excited about the four C's. I thank Jess Frampton for bringing them. I look forward to sharing them with my students. And if you're a student, as I said, listening to this podcast, I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) And we're going to uh, really dig in and understand this small map and its power in how it can help you to be a better marketer today and tomorrow. Thanks a lot, everybody. Hope you have a good day, and I'm looking forward to seeing my students in France, my new clients. Can I mention them? Yes. Uh, Well, of course, ESEG in Lille, first week and second week in Paris. Uh, EDC, School of Business, third week, three-credit course, brand management. Awesome. And then finally, one day on uh, September 30th with a client that I've worked with before, uh, the La Colle de Communication Subtipu. So, yeah, thanks, everybody. And um, I can't wait to come and spark you.